Welcome everyone to episode 15 of the Bagged and Boarded Podcast, a weekly comic book podcast hosted by me, Sean, and JP. Hey. We're going to be talking about Comic-Con, and we know what happened about two weeks ago in San Diego, 2018. Last week on the pod, we talked about all the movies and TV, kind of the highlights. Not everything, you can't cover everything, but today we're going to focus mainly on the comics. There was a lot of big news there that came about that. But if you enjoy our show and would like to subscribe, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Just type in the Bag and Border Podcast. You'll find us there. As well as going to iTunes, same thing. Bag and Border Podcast. We've got Twitter. we got all that good Instagram, social media goodness going on. So we're on there. Give us a shout. Give us a subscribe. Give us a like. Or if you don't like us, give us a comment. How can we improve? So just right off the bat, if you've been listening to the show or you're a new viewer, one of my favorite things to talk about is Stan Lee. And poor Stan the Man, about two weeks ago, was back in the news again. I feel like every week I'm talking about Stan Lee in some capacity here. So Stan Lee, whose company was bought by a Chinese conglomerate, which then Stan Lee was now suing the conglomerate because of issues of likeness and image rights and all that good stuff. Well, the day before Comic-Con starts, all of a sudden a press release is announced that Stan Lee and this company are totally fine. Nothing is wrong. Stan Lee and Power Entertainment have announced the release of Stan Lee's Workforce, a new online comic starring none other than himself, Excelsior Stan Lee. It was first reported by Deadline, and Lee and Power Entertainment will debut this, which had already been debuted July 17th. And you can check it out at therealstanlee.com. New chapters are released every Tuesday and Thursday. It's a motion comic voiced by Lee himself. I mean, JP, you've been here. We've talked about this weeks and weeks and weeks. This this 96-year-old's got the most stressed-out life I've ever heard of. <laughs> and he's being brought into this. I mean, I feel like this is probably good for his legacy. Probably good for his stress factor. Yeah, he's down. Cool. I mean, I, like I, I always tell people adamantly like look stanley legend not really don't like any of the stuff he's put out in the last 20 years i just don't i think he just doesn't know the current audience so for me it's whatever if you're a legacy fan though stanley check it out uh it is cool though they're still doing stuff yeah it's cool that he's still active i mean he's up there in age uh so you know i mean he's got a relatively sharp mind uh, for him to be an older person. I mean, I'm glad that he's still working, still doing things. Seems to be past some of the drama. I don't want to get into too much of that. Yeah, if you want the drama, uh, go back to the episodes previous. Yeah, you know? um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't have too much to say about that. And just to get everybody a reference point of when this is being recorded, just so everybody knows what kind of we're talking about. So today is July 31st, um, Tuesday. So this, we're just talking about comic news that happened in San Diego Comic-Con. Maybe a little bit past that. We may go into a little bit of the October 2018 solicitations. We may hold that for another episode, depending on how we're feeling the conversation is going today. But one thing to talk about immediately is that... At San Diego Comic-Con, one of the biggest things, one of the most prideful events that you can imagine in the sense of comic book um, craftsmanship as well as ownership, the Eisner's winners are actually announced. And so I've got the list right here from Newsarama. Just going over quickly what won and, you know, what category they won. And JP, so give me a heads up if any winner I name you've actually read because I'll be honest this list is always kind of off the not off the wall but it's a lot more um, 
sophisticated and a lot more in depth than your typical just hey this Wolverine hey it it's ain't Marvel and DC yeah, only yeah it's, it's rarely there it's a splash of image yeah exactly so best single issue one shot was won by the Hellboy comic Hellboy Cramshnot by Mike Mignola and Adam Hughes Dark Horse um, I didn't read it did you read it I did not. Going to have to check it out. I like Hellboy, though. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Best Continuing Series. This is one I've been wanting to read and actually was going to pick up the trade uh, on the weekend, but I couldn't find it. I think they were sold out. Uh, Best Continuing Series is Monstrous by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda, Hmm. which is an image comic. It looks pretty cool. I like the artwork, what I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say it's only probably... 12 issues deep. Okay. It's less than 20. I know that. And I think it's less than 15. We can do a spot check later on the episode for everybody out there. But it won. It went against Black Hammer, a big one by Jeff Lemire. It went against Hawkeye by Kelly Thompson, The Wicked and Divine by Kieran Gillen. He was on there too. Um, Giant Days by John Allison, Max Aaron. By the way, folks, I know it always takes a lot. It takes an army to create a comic book. And I'm not belittling or downplaying the role of any other people on the book. Sometimes I just read the writer's name because it's the first thing that you usually see. So moving on, the best limited series was won by Black Panther, World of Wakanda by Roxanne Gay and Tynese Coates. That is a Marvel book. It won actually everything in there other than one by Image was uh, a Marvel DC book. So... Pretty cool. Marvel actually gets one there. They get another one here with Best New Series, Black Bolt by Saladin Ahmed and Christian Ward. They won that. Um, I read a few issues of this. It's an interesting comic. Black Bolt's a very difficult character to write because he doesn't actually he doesn't talk. Speak, right. So in some of the comics, they had a character named Blinky that was a yeah. the telepath, essentially, that could allow... Black Bolt to kind of speak through Blinky at times and using Lockjaw for emotion and things Medusa of that nature. Feeling. Yeah, yeah. And there was the good um, Absorbing Man as well as uh, Titania. They were in that. Absorbing yeah. Man was killed. Um, and Black Bolt had to deliver that news to his wife, which was kind of funny because they actually started to fight in the streets. Yeah, it actually so, wasn't the best. Pretty good. Yeah. Best publication for early readers. I'm sure not. I'm not checking this out. I'm sure JP's not checking this out. JP, <laughs> you, you're down with that eight, that demographic of eight-year-olds right there. That's, that's your... Uh, your core demographic you go to read no doubt no doubt so good night planet by Lanier's ones two I mean, we books need, we need those type of things yeah i mean kids. you need to because kids need to read and nowadays kids just don't read i mean really they don't if it's not on a tablet they're not reading yeah <laughs> and even if it's on a tablet they might be tapping the screen instead of reading it yeah. so just gonna go over a couple quick other ones we got best graphic album reprint boundless by jillian tamaki We've got Best Adaptation from Another Medium. We've got Kindred by Octavia Butler. Adapted by Damien Duffy and John Jennings. There's a couple other ones. Oh, Best Archival Collection. Akira 35th Anniversary Edition 1. Ooh, that's, a, that's a mouthful. I get that. And then Best Writer, Tom King wins. That's a big win for Tom. Yeah. Batman, uh, Batman Annual 2, Batman Elmer Fudd Special Number 1, and Mr. Miracle. Yes. So, oh, actually, I apologize. He tied... He tied with Marjorie Liu, a oh. monstrous for best writer. Now, cool. that, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Best writer slash artist. So you could essentially say this is an illustrator, someone who does both. Emile Ferris, one for my favorite thing is Monsters. And best penciler, Anchor uh, team was Mitch Gerads on Mr. Miracle. He won there. 
So it's cool to see him and Tom both won. But then you see Best Painter slash Multimedia Interior Art was won by Sana Takeda, who is the Montrist artist. So it's funny uh. that both the writer is tied and the artist won their um, categories, which is pretty interesting. Then Sana Takeda won for Best Cover Artist as well. And then, so it looks like all the art was won by either uh, Mr. Ads, Sana Takeda, or Emil Ferris. So big shout outs to those guys for winning there. So, but let's talk about comics, JP, because that's yeah. clearly what this is about. Last week, we just went on and on about Aquaman, Shazam, and Godzilla, <laughs> I mean, the and movies. the DC, DC streaming app, yeah. however we want to classify that. So, immediately, right off the break, let's talk about X-Men Black. What is it? When's it coming out? And what do we, what do we expect to see? I know X-Men are dear to your heart. So. Yeah, they're dear to my heart, and I have no idea what the hell to expect from an X-Men at this point. <laughs> but uh, I think we mentioned it a couple of episodes ago when it was first announced, because it was announced with the teaser of Magneto, mm-hmm. being that the X-Men had this occasional obsession with colors dating back to the 90s when uh, they split the, at the time, semi-massive team into two squads, uh, blue and gold. Uh, one team occupying the Uncanny X-Men comic and the other squad occupying the Simply X-Men comic. Uh, But that became a part of, a big part of X-Men history. So now we've got a couple of X-Men comics that actually take the name of different colors. So there's X-Men Gold, which is one squad. There's X-Men Blue. There's X-Men Red. I believe Blue and Gold are coming to a close. Uh, we still have X-Men Red mm-hmm. and the squad featuring uh, or starring in that comic. So it appeared that X-Men Black uh, would be a Magneto-led squad of X-Men. But as it turns out, X-Men Black is just the title of a series of one-shots, each starring a different X-Men villain. And I believe there's, well, of course, Magneto, because that yeah. was on the original image. And, and I got, his classic I got, I got costume. The list. I've got the list. Okay. Uh, so can... Magneto in his classic costume, so I'm, yep. I'm proud of that. Yep. Uh, but it's classic those Magneto. Other, those other villains. Other villains include Mojo, Mystique, Juggernaut, Mojo. and the, as the article says, sometimes villain Emma Frost. Yes. And then they all have a backup story. Yep. Featuring Apocalypse, who is my favorite X-Men character. Well, my favorite X-Men villain, aside from Magneto. Uh, so I'm incredibly scared. Yeah, yeah, it could be kind of <laughs> odd. At least I will say that just reading the quick article here that I have in front of me from Newsarama is that the backup story of Apocalypse will be written by Alani Nadler yeah. and Zach Thompson. So at least it's going to be the same creative team writing the background story of that. Yeah. Um, the yeah, creative teams are all very different in the sense that... Well, I'm just saying at least their story, the story is being told. Because oh, no, all, I, I all the, the one-shots are different artists and writers. Correct. So you're not getting for that... It's not like, oh, hey, I'm going to write four pages of Apocalypse, then you write four pages of Apocalypse. Yeah, no, no, then, I like, know what you're saying. But I mean, <laughs> as far as... Who this writer is, I don't know if that's yeah. A good thing or a I, I mean, I'm looking at okay. So here you go. I'll read off the creative teams here. Yeah. Uh, Emma Frost. We got Leia Williams and Chris Bacalo. Magneto's got Chris Claremont and Dalibor Talajic. Mojo is Scott Ackerman and Nick Bradshaw. Mystique is Cena McGuire and Marco Felia. Juggernaut is Robbie Thompson and Sean Crystal. I'm not gonna lie to you. I know one person on there, which is Claremont, and I've heard at least of one other person. Yeah, Chris Bacalo. 
I'm just going to be honest about this. This is just a comment to all the Marvel fans out there. JP and I are definitely more Marvel than DC. We read both. Yes. We read Image. We read whatever is good. Right. But the whole thing is this lackluster writing and art staff that Marvel has right now, <laughs> it, it's just bad. I mean, like seriously, who the fuck are these people? You know, I don't know who half of these people are. That's true. And I'm scared for my characters. I'm scared for my characters. I'm always scared for the characters (laughs) that I like because I don't know what the hell's going on. I will say this, though. I I can't think of any particular names and artists right now, but I know I've read and seen good things from people that I've never heard before. Very true. And I've read in, in, well, art is art, but I've read things Art speaks for itself. Correct. But I've definitely read stories from writers who Bendis. Bendis is a good example because you know my opinion on Bendis. You know, you, know that, you know that I loved for the most part his new Avengers and, and however that extended into whatever other Avengers that he wrote. But you know generally I'm a fan of what he did with Avengers whereas I can't stand his X-Men. So point being you can have a writer that I know and I could love their work but they can turn around and write something that I absolutely can't Oh, yeah, they can write a hot, so, steaming pile of garbage. Yeah, so and I, I think most people who know my love of comics know that Claremont's X-Men are my favorite comics, period. I mean, I think, honestly, I don't know what he's going to do on this, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you that's, know? It's, I mean... And he defined Magneto for me. Sports and comics have a lot more similarities than people imagine, and here's why. Hmm. So for the fans out there that might be sports fans... And I don't mean to stereotype. Typically, nerds aren't sports guys, but JP and I both like sports, and we're both nerds. Um, you know, we're not on the basketball court tearing it up, but you know, we enjoy a, a, right. to watch a basketball game. I love soccer, all that. Right. But what I'm going with here is the fact that you know Claremont was good in his era, well, just like, for example, Michael Jordan was the best in his era. Right now, Stanley people exactly Stanley, perfect example. Stanley doesn't Frank translate Miller. now to the modern storytelling of comic books. He just doesn't. And Claremont might be the same way, but at least, like you're saying, though, with Claremont, Claremont's run on X-Men, or Claremont is synonymous with the X-Men. Yeah. I mean, he he helped develop so many characters. He helped be, make you know, so many he people. He made just, who they at least were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the 1990s cartoon that we all love, I mean, that, that is Claremont. Yeah. We love those X-Men from the yeah, 90s. Actually, that cartoon is one of the best, and Claremont yes. was great. The whole thing is, is like you're saying, though, we can't judge a book by its cover. However, I will judge a book by its cover price. <laughs> so when these oh, things yeah. pop out, you know they're going to pop out. They're one-shots. It's Marvel. It's going to be like five bucks a pop. Let's be real, folks. I hope these are good stories because yeah. I like those villains. Yeah, However, for five dollars a pop... I might just say I'll I'll wait for trades or I'll just wait until I yeah, get a little mini show and, for yep. two bucks a pop or a buck a pop and yeah, they'll be in the wait for Marvel games. Unlimited. So they will be in the bargain. I will say though because I'm a huge fan of Magneto, um, and uh, whew, I feel like it's best to leave Magneto alone and then revisit him from time to time. Uh, Magneto has been on some extreme ups and downs the past few years. But oh, then again, one minute he wants so to be a Emma. good guy, you know, next minute he wants to kill everybody. But I feel like, like Emma you know, is well, no, uh, well, Magneto. I know that he was recently in X Men Blue. Uh, yes. With the time displaced X Men yep. and a few extra that extras that they've added. So they're to that finally team. exterminating that team, so, to our knowledge. 
Yeah, something like that. Well, yeah, the extermination yeah. event that's coming up. And who knows, this X-Men Black might tie into this. Very true. Sir, I'm, Very true. I'm assuming it's all for a reason around the same around the same time uh, that we're building up to extermination. Magneto's one of my favorite characters, so I'm very much interested in what they're going to do with it. Emma is a character that I like, but most people don't seem to give credit to the fact she's been either on or around the X-Men since the early 90s at this point. Oh, yeah. So to just make her a villain, I feel like it's completely against her character evolution and growth. I don't... I have a hard time accepting her as a pure villain nowadays because she's been straddling the line at least since my childhood. Some other X-Men if you ask me. Uh, Well, there's the Cyclops, I guess. Well, he's dead. Yeah, well. He's dead or whatever the hell X-Men do. I don't know. I'm curious about Mojo because I feel like... (laughs) The X-Men, they die. That's what they do. That's their mutant power. It is what they do. I'm curious about Mojo and Juggernaut. Uh, I'm curious about Juggernaut because I know he recently got his I mean, ass whooped by Thor. And Thor let's talk one. about this. We've already, yeah. So we've just named, let's be real, we've just named, okay, we got Magneto, we got Big Jug. We got <laughs> big, jug. big Jug. That's what I call him. It's the big, big Jug. Visions of Fortnite. <laughs> so we got the Big Jug, we got Magneto, we got Emma Frost, we got Mojo, and we got Mystique, and then we got the Jesus background. Uh, they got the background story. But look at this. You just brought up a good point. And it just dawned on me, okay, Magneto, sometimes good, sometimes bad. All of Mystique, them. The only person on that list that I would say has been probably a true and true bad guy, and you could check me on this because you are the X-Men expert, is Mojo. And is he even bad? Yeah, he I thought she was crazy. About, I thought you were about to say uh, Juggernaut. Oh, I was like, no. no, he's been an X-Men. Yeah, yeah, oh, uh, no. See, because I don't get to, you know... Folks, there's a lot of comics out there. It's tough to read everything. We don't have a lot of time. We got normal jobs, too. We're trying to do our thing, do the podcast for fun, give everybody a good experience. Can't read all those comics. But I play Hero Clicks. Yeah. And Hero Clicks usually does a version of every fucking character you can imagine. And there is a juggernaut on the X-Men oh, team. Oh, really? And he's the silver suit juggernaut instead oh, of the red wow. old school juggernaut. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm familiar with that with that run. And uh, shout, yeah. out, shout out to the writer. I forget who it is that, you know, Juggernaut smashed She-Hulk. But then they, Chuck Austin, Then I think. they uh, redacted it and said, nah, it didn't happen. Oh, that was She-Hulk's writer. Like, was that Dan Slott? That house must have exploded remember. just from the force going on there. <laughs> so that must have been Chuck a crazy Austin one. Chuck Austin put them together and Dan Slott, I believe, nixed that. Yeah. Idea. Yeah. Uh, I'd yeah. love to go back and read that and see what year Dan Slott decided to say. Yeah, I know I have happen. both comics, but uh, they're in the bin somewhere. But yeah, She-Hulk, Mojo. One of my favorite characters. But about Mojo because I feel like you can do whatever the hell with Mojo. Yeah, Mojo can just be like, I'm bringing you to Mojo World. Fuck it. All right, yeah. But I feel like you can't do whatever the hell with the other characters, but that's exactly what they do. Yeah. So. Shout out to, to uh, Sidebar. Shuri's getting a comic. Okay. Yeah, so I know that's something that's recently been announced. Me and some friends are talking about this because they are non-comic readers, but they have familiarity with comic characters. Not only that, they watch the Marvel movies. So the question with us, Shuri's getting a comic because we know the movies kind of put her on. But we know Shuri from the comics is a very different character than Shuri in the movies. Oh, yeah. We read the synopsis for issue number one, and it is basically they're just turning the comic character into the movie character, which I thought was typical and outstanding all at the same time. Because you de- definitely have a character who is not technological pretty much at all anymore in the comics. But that's the movie character. She's an inventor. She's a scientist. So now that's the comic character. Just a little sidebar as far as so doing whatever the hell with the character. Were the um, were your friends 
were they interested in the comic still? They because were they interested know. by way of knowing the character from the movie and having somewhat familiarity from the comics, even though they've never read those comics. Interesting. Okay. All but right. of course the movie is what gave them their major familiarity with the character. Yep, I am seeing it right now. Yeah. Jumping on screen rants. Unfortunately, it might be spoiling something else. <laughs> um, that's unfortunate, but whatever. I won't spoil it for the rest of you. Good. Um, but it looks Thank like you. that will be coming out uh, October-ish, I think. Something like that, yeah. So I know it coincides with the, yep, October the this latest year. volume of Black Panther because they put him in the space colony that years ago some other ruler of Wakanda... Uh, had went out into space and apparently a different universe as well and colonized a planet or something. So T'Challa is now there, leaving Shuri back with the Wakandans on Earth. So apparently the synopsis of her comic is that uh, they're looking towards her to rule in T'Challa's absence um, whenever he might come back, which of course he's going to come back. Uh, but in the meantime, they want her to step up, but she'd rather play with her gadgets, which is really not the comic character at all. At all, That's the movie character, but, you know, crossover appeal. Got to sell some things. So a couple, couple comments here about this. The comic will come out in October. Yeah. It's going to be by the Nigerian-American author, uh, Nanidi Okorofor. Okay. I could be butchering that. Sounds right. But I think I'm spot on. Um, I do want to say one thing. I'm going to throw out a random guess. Yeah. Possibility. If Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> continues to play Iron Man in upcoming Avenger films, I could see... Get ready for this major play here. He meets Shuri, he's impressed by her, and he gives her the Iron Heart armor, and she will be Iron Heart. Um, that's her name, right? Riri's character, yeah. Ironheart. You talking about as far as the movies go? Yeah, for the movies. the comics. For the movies. For the um, movies. Riri will always be the I character. I can see that. I can see her movies. getting an armor, and that would be your kind of shout out to, hey, Riri, you know, here's your. Thing. I can kind of see that for the movies. I mean, that's a big, you know, because the, the article stretch, I'm quickly reading can... is like, oh, you know, she may be smarter than Tony yeah. and Bruce. Which what? Not the comic character. What? They're it, it, screwing. No, MCU suggests yeah. that she's smarter than those two. Uh, I because, thought you were saying that for the comic Because part. of, um, you know, the whole interaction with the Vision well, and all yeah. that. In the now, movies. Yeah, in the movies. But, but she that's hasn't, not who she is in the comic. And she hasn't met Tony yet. And also... Correct. She's smarter than her brother, which I thought was the opposite. I thought T'Challa is definitely smarter in the comics, Because, right? well, yeah, you're going by the comics. Yeah, in the yeah. movies, T'Challa's just kind of like warrior prince and, you know, politician first. Right. right? Smart, he but not genius level at like least she is. in part, helps build his own tech. If not, just outright yeah. builds it himself yeah. in the comics. He's extremely smart. I mean, sure that's why he's on the Illuminati. shit in the comics. Yes. Yeah. She's, I want to say during... She's just getting killed by Namor. <laughs> oh, no, Moreland. Moreland, right? No, no, Shuri she gets killed by Proxima. Oh. In the comics. In the comics? Yeah. Jesus. Oh, where was I at? Ugh. I don't know. Read Infinity. Yeah, I'm halfway. No, Proxima. Uh, oh, did I ruin that? No, no, no. Oh, you know what? It's not in the main story. It's in I New Avengers. I Moreland killed her. No, no. That's mm. like... So that was a story where T'Challa lost his powers, and that's how she became Black uh, Panther. okay. Because Moreland was killing... But he didn't kill, um, he killed uh, Wakabi. 
who's in the movies. Oh, okay. He's the okay. Get Out dude. I knew somebody was killed. By yeah, Marlon kills him in the car, which is why I was hoping he was gonna die in the movies. Sorry if I'm spoiling it for anybody who hasn't watched. The movie, but I was hoping Wakabi was going to die in the spoiler movie. Spoiler alert, Moreland does not randomly show up for one scene and kill Wakabi. That's your spoiler alert. There you go. It does not happen. Right. Uh, but yeah, just since we were talking about the X-Men and just all the weird, random things they do with them, I just thought it was interesting that, you know, with this new Shuri comic, she's basically not her comic version at all. They're just making the comic version be the movie version, uh, which is a completely different character. Uh, but I digress. So, we're going to jump around there, and also, fans, folks, that's why you have someone on your group that can check your comic knowledge at the same time and tell you straight up, you're wrong. That's not what happened. Moreland didn't kill her. That's why you bring JP to the table. (laughs) JP will set you straight. I mean, at least with what I read, if (laughs) if I remember it. So, another announcement, though, at Comic-Con, Chelsea Kane... The writer will take care of a new Vision comic, oh, that's interesting. which will be released in November. There's no art for the series at this point. Now, Vision's last ongoing series was Tom King, yeah. before Tom King made his jump over to DC Comics. I'm a huge Avengers fan. I love Me the too. originals. I love kind of like, when I say the originals, I don't say the, the first five. I say kind of like the first 13 like the old school like team. yeah Vision the, the witch the, the people that Hawkeye old school comic readers typically yeah, think of yeah, as like exactly. classic Avengers yeah you look at that Alex Ross poster that's oh, you know, that's of the thing. team oh yeah that's yeah, on our that's, those, those that's nine, our banner that's on Twitter did, yeah. is that exactly that nine right there I think Wonder Man's in that too he's one of my favorites is he? I don't think he's in if, there if he's not it's okay Simon he might you're be, still my boy know. it's our thing yet we don't even remember if Wonder Man's in there you know I'm a Wonder Man fan but the bottom line is is that he's getting a comic I just I'm hoping it's very different than the Tom King one because Tom King likes to write kind of this kind of surreal mind trip type stuff he does um, that's what's happening with Mr. Miracle. It's kind of happened with the Vision. It was a little bit different because it was like he had a family and all this. I don't like that whole Vision with the family. I don't either. I, I don't think... It was... Here's the thing. I didn't like the story idea. It was well done and well written. Well, yeah, because I mean, he's a good like, writer. He, he was very good in that sense. It just wasn't where I would have ever taken Vision as a right. character. Never right. would have done that. But I also hate that god-awful costume. They need to change that. Oh yeah, it's kind of like green and like almost like a light yeah, I just don't red. Like this costume, yeah. But. <laughs> so here's the by the way, folks, for the banner, just so everybody knows, is Vision, Scarlet Witch, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, Hawkeye, Black Panther, Wasp, and Giant Man in the background. Yeah, no, that's no the Wonder crew. Man. But Wonder Man would still be on my squad. There's he's a statue he's my of boy. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh uh, yeah, folks, we're looking at the statue. Ooh, it's like look a little rough. Cap's like a little fat. <laughs> fat cat. Fat cap, yeah. So, for all those old man Logan fans, which I sure as hell know I'm not one of them, his comic is ending in October. I'm definitely just happy to see this done. This kind of coincides with the idea that um, Wolverine returns in September. I'm happy. It's about time our James Howlett, our Wolverine, our Logan, the one that we know comes back. You know, we're going to see what happens. This is issue I mean, 50 different. in October, Old Man Logan. I mean, to me, it's just kind of like, we don't need to kill Wolverine. Like, I don't feel like yeah. you ever really have to kill Wolverine. I think that I don't like the way he's, like, being crept back in comic by comic, backup story by backup story. Gotta complete, sell them issues, baby. Gotta sell them issues. series by series. Although I have checked out uh, the Madripoor one. 
uh, which is not bad. Wasn't bad. I saw, I read the first two issues yeah. of that. Uh, it's the all women's team. Yeah. I, I like all those characters. The only thing I did have a complaint with mm-hmm. was there's that one scene where they're about to go to the club to meet the so-called Magneto. Yeah. yeah. And all of them, granted, it's like, look, comic book women, we can have our own episode on sexism and comics and all that. The outfits. But, but, but everybody was like the most stylish fucking human being on yeah, the planet. It, it looked like, it was like, okay, and announcing the Victoria's Secret Angels. Yeah. And here they all really are, was. and it's just like, they're all, well, it's like, of course, all the ex ladies. They're all hot. They're all, they're all beautiful. They're all yeah. hot. But it's like. Even Jubilee. But everyone, like a kid. everyone was stacked. Yeah. Nobody looked at, like, nobody's, you know, just body. Everybody's body was like hourglass, you know, just boom. You yeah. know, stacked up top, stacked up, you know, stacked down low. It was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. TNA. Like, how is the X Men guys yeah. even functioning here? You know what? I think the man, because, I mean, we all knew Wolverine's going to be back at some point. Oh, yeah. I think because. Wolverine's everywhere. Like, even though he's a character that I really like, I'm kind of over him at the same time. So I was glad he was dead for a while. I wish he would have came back differently. But I absolutely... It's funny because I like both characters, but I absolutely, absolutely hate, can't stand. It's an abomination. The Wolverine-Storm relationship thing. I fucking hate it. Uh, I'd much rather her with Black Panther. Uh, so I'm curious how they're going to handle that with his return. That's pretty much all I'm interested in Wolverine coming back for. I just want to know how they're going to handle that. If they completely ignore it, like Bendis did, the only saving grace on Bendis' whole entire run with X-Men is that he completely ignored that that happened. To my knowledge, from what I've read of Bendis, he kind of acted like that Wolverine Storm thing never happened. I'm assuming he acted like it never happened just because it didn't match up with his own stories. Uh, but I hate that Wolverine Storm shit. What's crazy about just the relationships with all those X characters, yeah. like the guys and the yeah. girls, it's like, okay. First of all, most people know that you're not supposed to really work, you know, mix business with pleasure. Yeah. And it's like, they, that's their job. And granted, like, you know, oh, that's their family, whatever. whatever. Yeah, and they're not related. I mean, but, it's like, yeah. but it's just like, at the same time, it's like, God, this is like college dorm, man. I mean, people just smash left know, and I right. Used... No emotions involved. No. Like, just everybody, like, one night stand. Okay, don't worry about it. You know, I used it. to joke, and I think it's something that we joked before, like, all the Avengers fuck each other. Oh, yeah. X-Men are about the same now. I think the X-Men might be even more so. Now. Nowadays, I think yeah. so. They yeah, really, I feel like the Avengers... But I feel like the X-Men have only yeah. been that within the past five to ten years or so yeah traditionally at least, at least maybe that's when we've noticed it more I know yeah, what you mean, I mean but, you know I've but read, you read all, all my, the X-Men my old school yeah. X-Men I mean they would hint at people liking each other and all yeah, that like little comics, things here and but there was but... never just like so much blatant like okay yeah, yeah all smashed, the X-Men screw each other he's smashing yeah, her just... she's smashing him yeah. then they're both smashing each other for I, people who are supposed to be brothers and sisters and family they're quite incestuous now oh yeah like a recent comic I read uh Nightcrawler and Rachel waking up in bed with each other. And then you got Iceman uh, banging out uh, Pyro now, the new Pyro. Py- oh, okay. I was like, oh no, the old the... one's still dead. Okay, yeah, but Legacy yeah. Virus killed him. But the new Pyro is part of X Men now. Okay. Yeah, he's relatively new. Okay. I guess it's Fire and Ice. I get it. I mean, and then you got you know every telepath on the team has banged Cyclops at some point. Like eh, Psylocke, whatever. Well, well, no, not Psylocke. Psylocke's banging everyone else. I thought Psylocke had a Cyclops. Back no, in she the had 90s. a crush on him back. Oh, in the 90s. okay. Yeah, right, that right. was it, and that was just because of uh, the revenge chick. Oh, that's what happens when yeah. you're like eight years old trying to read. A but comic I mean, between Archangel and oh, now so oh, she I know definitely got with Archangel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Phantom X. Oh yeah. Uh, I know there was during AVX. There was a one shot that revealed her and Hercules back in the day. Uh, but I mean, Hercules is a half god. Yeah, right? it's Hercules. I get it. But um, 
Nah, there's a there's a comic. I don't know if her and Cable ever did it, but she definitely uh, was trying to. Maybe so, yeah. Cable went back to the past to make sure he could uh, get it. Domino and Do- everybody. Oh, Domino smashed yeah. everybody. Domino <laughs> smashed. Literally, Domino yeah. is a domino when it yeah, comes to... She, she just, just hits everything. Down, yeah. Just... Yep. <laughs> anyway. Yep. X-Men. All right, so back to some of the more comic stuff we heard. This one didn't happen at Comic-Con. Um, uh, it was a week ago. It was, it was about, about four or five days after Comic-Con. I'm going to give Marvel some credit here. This is actually a yeah, good idea on their part. They are sometimes. releasing Marvel Zombies, a new Marvel Zombies. Yeah. Will rise up in October. So they actually are putting it out at the correct time. They're not just randomly putting it out in the summer. <laughs> it's going to bring back its biggest horror concepts in October with Marvel Zombies 1. It's going to pit the Marvel heroes against Zombie 5 versions of other Marvel characters written by Maxwell Prince, art from Stefano Raffaele. Um... I feel bad there aren't action marks on some of these things. I, I, I just see them and I'm like, I think it's this. I, th- I That's how I pronounce a lot of comic artist names. And it's Writers. unclear if this will tie directly to the original. However, I will say this. The original one by Kirkman was great and then it kept going and going and going I mean, and know, then it got, got into my damn hero click sets and I didn't care about zombies. You got a good thing. You got to exploit it. I mean, but, yeah. but you know, people are buying it, and that's how we have this new one here. So I'm for it. Marvel's Armies is something that I occasionally read. Like I, I don't necessarily need to pick it up when it comes out, uh, but as it hits trades and bargain bins, I mean, they make for some fun reads. I mean, people love zombies, and They're it fun. is one of those things In a where weird, it's like twisted kind of way. You know, it's like. Vampires, I feel like, fell off after Twilight's big push. But no joke. Twilight. Like. Jubilee's not a vampire anymore. Thank the Lord. Figure I'd throw that in. That's, She's a mutant again. No, uh, I'm just, happy for her. Right. Some other things that are coming back uh, Marvel Knights relaunch. There's not too much yeah. information about that. Yeah, Donnie Cates is kind of heading up that. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's supposed to be a lot of the same characters as before. Uh, but we shall see how that how that is handled. I know I like Marvel Knights back in oh, the day. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what that might mean going forward because I know Marvel Knights was kind of revisited at some point years ago. Uh, so we'll see what that actually means. Uh, as far as other things coming back, uh, um, Batman's Hush Era costume is going to make a return. Yep. Uh, so for those who've been keeping up with Batman, we all know that wedding didn't quite happen. Uh, So apparently the story is Batman, uh, in an attempt to get rid of the costume that he wore during his romance with Selina, is now revisiting the Hush Era costume. Uh, So it's kind of a cool thing. And DC did have a couple announcements regarding some of its creative teams. They are going to have the Green Lantern team of Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp. I'm for it. So it's good to see Grant Morrison back because you know what? he is, when he's on, yes. and he's not too deep in his own psyche of his own, <laughs> when he's not too meta, I believe is the term now that gotcha. all, all the kids use. Well, you know, he's so meta, man. It's so real. It's the fourth wall. He's, he's beyond aware. Grant Morrison's one fucking aware motherfucker. That's Yo. for sure. He's, he is like the watcher of I the universe. I don't agree with everything in it but new x-men is one of the best comics ever oh yeah by grant morrison i don't necessarily like his treatment of magneto but i get it uh so you know i hope he kind of maybe it's because i don't really read you said green lantern 
Yep. Maybe because I'm not really a reader of Green Lantern per se. Like, I read the Green Lantern characters when they're in crossover events, basically. Uh, but I hope Grant Morrison goes to work on Green Lantern and, and treats it in the same mind process that he treated New X-Men. I mean, it should be good. I'd be interested. It looks like, you yeah. know, how will be your Green Lantern. I'm for it. Um, at least hey. he'll be the focal point. At yes. least I should say that. Um, there's other shakeups. I'm trying to find all that good news for you. Yeah. But while I'm looking that up, we'll move on to another thing we were talking about just a few minutes ago. I believe JP mentioned it. Uh, we talked about Batman. Oh, but yeah, yeah, DC Comics. So I've talked about them before on the show. There's going to be some more Hanna-Barbera mashups. We're going to have Green Lantern, John Stewart, and Huckleberry Hound. They're going to be in, in um, kind of the Vietnam era protesting the war, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, that's interesting. Because John is a soldier. And then we've got Deathstroke and Yogi Bear, which looks pretty wild. <laughs> what the hell? Superman and Top Cat. And then Nightwing and Magilla Gorilla. That should be kind of wild there. Um, oh, yeah, we forgot to mention last week, after we stopped the podcast, I said, oh, shit, we forgot to tell everybody. There is a PS4 Pro edition of Spider-Man yeah. that is out. Get it while you can. I Get the pre-orders did. up right there on the spot. Yes, sir. Should be some good stuff. Um, also today, just throwing it out there, we saw that a Venom trailer dropped, a new one. Yes, Check it, it out. A lot of good uh, actual visuals on the yeah. Venom suit itself. Yeah. So that should be pretty cool there. That's interesting. I liked the way Venom looked. Sans the spider symbol, but figured as much. Did you uh, see Ant-Man Wasp? We didn't talk I, about that. I did. You did? You like it? Yeah. So I thought it was good. I mean, like, it's not going to be Infinity War, but I don't think anyone was expecting it to be. It was a solid action movie. Yeah, it was. Uh, I liked it. I thought it yeah, was pretty decent. I thought Ghost was annoying. It's all out hell. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, she Ghost was, was annoying as hell. I mean, plus, I mean, I think because I like comic Ghost for the most part, this is a version of Ghost as as movies typically do, versions of characters. But uh, the movie wasn't ruined by Ghost's annoyance. Uh, it did what it was supposed to do, and of course, the the cliffhanger credit sequence. I won't ruin that. Uh, but stay and watch. The credits, of course, it's a Marvel movie. When I saw people getting up and walking out the theater, I, I, I was like, come it. on, how, like we're like 20 of these in? Yeah. You already know the deal. I, I don't get it. It, yeah, it really blows my mind. So, here it is. I knew they had announced it. They didn't announce this at Comic-Con. They just kind of brought it up as the panel uh, that G. Willow Wilson and Carrie Nord will take over Wonder Woman, the comic, in November. Okay. So this marks the return for DC for Wilson, who previously created Cairo and Air for the company's DC Vertigo imprint, as well as writing Superman, Vixen, and the Outsiders for Superhero Alliance. So she's got a lot of, she's got a pedigree there in that series. And then we've got, um, she worked on Miss Marvel. And then the artist has got some work on Conan, Exo Man of War. So, you know, it should be pretty good. It should be mm-hmm. exciting. That's a book that I like to keep up with when I can. I like to kind of binge. I like to binge DC books for some reason. I don't know why. I feel like when I binge a DC book, you know, 12 issues, I really enjoy it more. Gotcha. I guess the complete story. I don't know. I like to Marvel, binge everything. Marvel right now, I just, yeah. I mean, I guess I do like to binge everything, but I kind of step, like Marvel when a comic comes out, I'm like, ah, should I wait? And I'm like, ah, fuck it, just read it. <laughs> yeah, but like with DC, I'm like, ah, I'll wait for eight issues of Wonder Woman, then I'll just crush it all just in one sitting. Yeah. Um, that's always fun to do. 
So, also, by the way, it looks like because Jeff John stepped down, he's now not the kind of creative head of the DC universe anymore. It's now, looks like it's going to be Scott Snyder, from what I've seen, reports are, hmm. saying that it's Snyder. Instead, I mean, he writes Justice yeah, League. Okay he writes that. all that. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be good. He's written Vertigo. And that's another thing. Vertigo should be, its new line should be coming out in the next couple of months because it was doing a whole relaunch yeah. of titles. So I haven't seen anything about that yet. Um, interesting, though, to point out, Marvel announced a deal with IDW that IDW co-publish more comics that are... Uh, aged for children so it's interesting that Marvel is now actually kind of outsourcing its own work Mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of fascinating I don't know what that means for it going future but just an interesting kind of uh, caveat there but uh, JP what have you been reading let's talk about what's some reads there's a lot of good stuff out there I was at the store we got Infinity War Prime or Infinity Wars Prime is finally out yeah so that's going on there we've got um a bunch of monthly titles. We got Spider Man, which was relaunched one and two, yes. are out now. It seems like we got Captain America with the Tiny Easy Ghost Run. We, I saw Justice League Dark had just come out. Um, Doomsday Clock Six came out, which I read that. I was actually had time to read that this week and check that out. How's that been going? So I think as a coworker and I were discussing mm-hmm. getting coffee, we were talking about it, and it's it's well written. The okay. art is dynamite. Hmm. But there's some issues that one minute, it's like one issue's just kind of like, okay. Okay. And the next minute, the next issue, you're like, oh my gosh, that was crazy. So this one was going over uh, the character named Marionette. Uh, Her character and her husband's character, they're kind of going on their background, their story. There were some good moments, but I thought there was a lot more, um, I guess, build up for that character. So they were trying Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, but overall, I mean, I think it's good. I think we both agreed, my coworker and I agreed that we are going to probably buy it as a hardback. Gotcha. And then just read it completely as a hardback. So they have all those like extra like pages that are about the Superman theory and all those other things going Sheep on. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Yeah, Wait for it. Yeah, yeah, there's our plug. We don't have a sponsor <laughs> yet, but there it is. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Get it. Yeah. So, I've been reading that, but what have you read uh, recently? Uh, I, I've been reading easier things because DC confuses me sometimes with its <laughs> cross-continuities and, and updates and changes and then throwbacks all over again. I did... It's old, but I did finally finish uh, old. What, it finished probably this year. Uh, Metal. Oh, okay. Uh, so I read those six issues. Uh, so, I saw the whole Hawkman thing, and I guess this is brings Hawkman back into the DC universe. Yes, yes, and, he's back. You know, it's kind of interesting because, like, in issue number one, uh, one panel, there was a throwback to Aquaman's harpoon hand. And mm-hmm. then there's a little caption there that says, see any Aquaman comic from the 90s. So I'm like, obviously the history's still there. Yet, uh, the characters don't know who Hawkman is. And, and basically this serves as his introduction. So... You know, it confused me all over again as far as what is, you know, but I guess you just got to read story by story with DC. Um, It is what it is. As far as newer things go, of course, Batman I keep up with. So there's some Mr. Freeze stuff going on, which I thought was kind of interesting because it, uh, while it involves Mr. Freeze, who was on trial uh, for murder, uh, 
I recommend the story. It's pretty interesting. Uh, it definitely deals with Batman's frustration in how he handles it after being stood up at the altar. Mm. Uh, so it's very much a continuation of the Batman wedding saga. Uh, on a, well, I was about to say on a brighter note, but I don't think you can ever say Spider-Man is truly on a brighter note, despite the colors and art it might give you. But Amazing Spider-Man number one, uh, it's really freaking good. I mean, I think I, I have a problem with Spider-Man, who was my Nick favorite. Is Nick Spencer? It's Nick Spencer. Nick Spencer? Nick Spencer, yes. What? Who wrote some Captain America <sighs> type things that... You disapproved of because that's your favorite character. That's all. I just hiss. I hiss. hiss. I hiss at that. That's like a new level of disapproval. You can always say that you dislike or even hate something, but when your response is to hiss at it, it's very telling. Um, You know, one issue in and issue number two just came out. I very much liked it. He did fall back on the standard you know, Peter Parker, bad luck thing, or the bad Parker luck, as they say. Mm -hmm. Um, And he went page after page of just hammering it in. I swore, like, everything that he could do uh, short of having Peter Parker get raped in the butt. He he opened up a soda can, sprayed him in the face, tried to use burger, the patty fell out. Well, no, like, other... Like, there's... So, like, he definitely did his research. Uh, So he went back to the time period where Dr. Octopus was impersonating Peter mm-hmm. Parker, so there's like some kind of uh, f- fraud detect, not fraud detection, uh, what is plagiarism detection okay. software that someone that he knows developed and they discovered that his final paper uh, in graduate school was forged uh, or, or plagiarized because Dr. Octopus really wrote it. Yeah. Oh uh, so when they looked at it, so like his his graduate degree was revoked. He got fired from the Daily Bugle job, which I swear he just got in yeah. the last volume yeah. uh, but of course since Robbie Robertson not Jonah Jameson is head of the Bugle uh, Robbie Robertson mm-hmm. and him typically getting along whereas him and Jonah didn't so now Robbie fired him over the plagiarism thing and for downsizing or something um, mm-hmm. it's just one thing after another apparently something happened in the superhero community so it was stated on a panel like Daredevil doesn't like him now which I thought that was weird because I'm like Daredevil and Spider-Man traditionally are cool with each other. Uh, and then Human Torch actually said, I don't like you either, which I thought was weird because in the superhero community, they're like best friends. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's kind of, I, I just, I don't understand I'll that I'll have to much. read it for myself, but I'll yeah. say straight up just hearing that, it doesn't make a lot of sense. That didn't make sense to me at all. Um, and there was, there's one part, so the superheroes are in a battle in New York. You've got all kinds of superheroes there. So the squads of Avengers, squads of X-Men, your boy Old Man Logan is there. Uh, it's got like Thor, Captain America, um, I want to say Storm's there, or Jean Grey's there, newly resurrected, uh, I believe earlier this year or late last year. Gambit Rogue, new couple there, or new, well, newly wed couple. So it's got a good mix of characters there. Uh, Captain America yells something to the extent of we need backup or reinforcements. That's when Spider-Man pops up and he's like, oh, you're in luck, I'm here. Luke Cage and a couple other people turn around and just like, you. So there's some kind of animosity everyone all of a sudden has towards Spider-Man, which I don't get where it's coming from. Since Spider-Man has recently been an Avenger, he's... I don't know. One cool thing that I noticed is all of a sudden, it seems like, I guess, Black Cat is is good again. Um, Because she's in this alien invasion fighting with everyone else. There's one point Spider-Man crosses Black Cat. They seem to get along. 
Uh, Spider-Man's launching himself into some portal. He gives this little bye Felicia joke. Uh, it is what it is. I thought that was kind of cool because I hate villain Black Cat. I don't mm. know how she's good again. I don't really care. Just make her Black Cat again. Uh, there's some good bits in there with Mary Jane. Uh, so I was definitely a fan of that. Uh, was there any hint at um, the August event, Spider-Geddon? Are they kind of like... No, there's no hints at that yet. Um, I will say uh, Spider-Verse is one of my favorite things to come out of Spider-Man in a long, long time. Uh, I absolutely recommend that story to anybody who likes Spider-Man. Get the collected edition, the the $100, $75, it may be. It's really good read. Uh, Spider-Geddon, I'm kind of... You know, I mean, like most things, it's a wait-and-see approach because Spider-Verse was so good. Spider-Getton seems to be retreading what Spider-Verse did. Uh, so we'll see how it holds up uh, to the original storyline. I know they killed a lot of the Spider characters in Spider-Verse. I expect the same in Spider-Getton. Uh, just running through my favorite. I, you know, Spider-Verse killed Kane, who came back like two minutes later. I expect Spider-Getton to, to kill off Somebody important. I don't know if it's... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a big event. Yeah, I mean, whether it's Spider-Woman or one of the Spider-Girls or maybe Ben Riley. I don't know. They'll kill off somebody important to Spider-Man's world. One of the Spiders. Uh, Better not be Miles. But then again, I think there's too much money to be made off of Miles. But we'll see. Um, But no, there's been no tie into that so far. Okay. Uh, but I like where the story's going. We've got Lizard in there, who's apparently a teacher now at, at the university. Spider-Man has to recomplete his degree at. Uh, so there's some stuff with Mysterio going on. So seems like they're doing things with the classic villains. The front cover of Spider-Man number one was filled with classic villains, except the awful female Electro. I want my Electro back. Uh, but it, it seems like it's a good classic time. Also, the artist is Ryan Otley, mm-hmm. who was the artist on Invincible uh, from Image. Just to give everyone a heads up, all the listeners out there, uh, our dog, uh, actually my dog, has uh, shown up to the recording studio here, and she is uh, moving around and bouncing around. So we apologize for her sneezing and her uh, disdain for comic books. That she That's cool you're not I was just going to ignore it. the podcast, yeah. Well, she sneezed a couple hey, times. Hey, one dog don't stop a show, so... That's Thank right. you, Don. I'm going to continue. Deuces. <laughs> Ryan Otley was the artist on Invincible, um, which is a series that ended earlier this year. It's by Image Comics. Uh, so for those of you who binge read, um, I don't think there is a full collected... Well, I guess it's too many issues to collect in one setting. But read it. Uh, it is in compendium, so those are like large format comics that collect a lot of issues. Uh, it is very good. It is written by Robert Kirkman, uh, also writer of Who's Walking that? Dead. I've never exactly. heard of that uh, So Robert Kirkman, of course, most people have heard of Walking Dead at this point. Some of you might have seen Robert Kirkman on Talking Dead because I know he pops up there for the TV show. He always does that. It. He does that face that I can't stand. That kind of like the eye look. It's like he I makes mean, his face real fat when he blows out his know, cheeks. It's face. just like, oh gosh, dude, yeah. just smile. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Robert Kirkman, or at least what I've read of him. Huge fan of Ryan Otley's artwork. I think it fits Spider-Man perfectly. But then again, Invincible is like a new age Spider-Man, so yep. it's probably why it plays in my head. Like, oh, this art's perfect. So, 
Couple, yeah, that's that. Couple quick hits here, real fast. Quick we hits. Close out the show. Wolverine, when he comes back, is gonna have a hot new power. His claws will be heated. What video, the hell? Oh yeah, Charles Soule at Comic Con kind of said his inspiration of video message to the crowd was from Marvel vs. Capcom. So I guess he saw Ryu throw Hadouken and said, "That's gonna be fucking cool." I'm going to make sure that Wolverine has huge claws. Here's what the article says. The publisher also revealed Logan's adamantium claws will heat up once popped from his skin. The understanding made a lot of fans nervous, but Soul promises these new abilities will be more nuanced, with science playing an important factor. I don't give a fuck what science you use to explain this. Why would he have heated claws? So, my first question. Well, I mean, one that's dumb as fuck. But Charles Soule has wrote a lot of Wolverine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm going to hope to trust him and leave that storm thing alone. But the claws hurt when he pops them because yep. it rips through his skin. So now they burn as well. Yeah, and so technically... How is this going to be handled? Yeah, he, now he says, he, his quote was, when it was asked a question, he said, great. He said, uh, somebody said, what if Wolverine's, his claws are hot, so it will heat up the rest of his skeleton, right? And Soul replied, great question, answer, no, they do not. Put a lot of science behind this. Okay. Just so a tip. Here's what I'm saying to Mr. It's metal, though. Mr. Charles Soul. All right, Mr. Soul, I don't know you. So first of all, I don't know what you're really thinking here. But here's what I think you're trying to do which is wrong okay hot metal equals burning yes so Wolverine will be in every panel with his claws out burning he should be screaming the whole time wouldn't his blood be evaporating on the touch of his skeleton his muscles would literally be burned his healing factor is good folks it's not that good unless that has been changed he still feels pain yeah I mean, they make that obvious anytime he brings out his claws. Ugh. So, look, gonna say, bottom line is whack. I guess the, his claws heat just the tip. Just right. the, but it's metal, like metal, like conducts. Like, I mean, if his whole skeleton is getting like, like that, metal would I guess would even out across the rest of them. I yeah, guess. I, I don't, I don't know. know. That's I just, guess just, just we'll, the tip. We'll have to see what just science says. Um, <laughs> Simpsons <laughs> comics. Great. We'll end after 25 yeah, years crazy. with Bongo's it, future so. being unclear. They got yeah, issue. That's like the main thing they do. It's going to end with uh, issue 245 this October. That's pretty crazy. 25 years of Simpsons comics. I gotta say, I've read a few of them. Really fun. Yeah. Really cool. Totally different. I read a few um, Good stuff. Good artwork. Still great time. It might not be selling like that. I don't know. Yeah. It, you know, maybe they're just kind of done. I maybe mean, they're done, yeah. There's been some controversy lately with some of the characters that they Apu. created. Yeah, the Apu controversy. Yeah. Which fans, I don't think it's that controversial seeing the characters made back in the 80s. I mean, I'm yeah, not... I, mean, I don't think it's as blatant as people want to make it. I do agree with that. Because there's I, a lot yeah. of stereotypical characters on that show of all ethnicities, all colors. Like, I mean, they're all there. Yeah. I mean... Look at Ned Flanders. You could definitely argue he's a very big stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. People wouldn't want to throw that out there. How about poor uh, Chief Wiggum? Yeah. Fat fuck donut eating cop. Like, let's be real. But you know what? It, it plays into different groups and what they see and how they feel and how vocal they're going to be True. about what they perceive and feel. While I, So I do get the whole argument with Apu. Um, so it's one of those things where I get it, but I choose to shut up about it. Yeah, I, okay, here's the thing I'll say about a poo, because I, I don't I don't like this in any creative medium. Okay, mm-hmm. Hank Azaria is a white guy. Yes. He is a white voice actor, actor. Okay. 
I've seen some reports that people, and there's a guy that made a documentary about this, the whole thing about a poo. And my thing is, look, a whole documentary. Oh yeah, this was kind of brought the whole thing to light. Right. And I know Matt Groening and the other executive producer on the show, the other showrunner, they were just kind of like, yeah, screw you. We'll just we'll answer it at a different time. They kind right. of fake like they're do they have they know they have the power or whatever. So it's like what kills me about this though a couple things, and I don't want to get too stuck on this, but I know we're gonna get me stuck neither. on it for a couple minutes. But here's the thing: Hank Azaria is an actor. His yeah. job is to become someone different. So him becoming an Indian man with an Indian or an accent or an English accent with right. Indian accent in English, and that's he came with a poo. He literally said his inspiration for the character was from his local 7-Eleven, the manager there that he knew on a very well basis. He would go there all the time, coffee, all that stuff. That's where he took it from. Right. I don't like the fact that people have said that Hank Azaria shouldn't play a poo because he's not Indian. That's bullshit to me. So I, what yeah. that means is we're limiting roles to people's ethnicity as well as um, you know genders, sexualities. Because look, if people are going to apply that to a poo and say he needs to be played by an Indian person, well, I'm going to apply this one to Nick Fury. Nick Fury's a white character in comics. Oh well, I like so, my white Nick Fury. Well, yeah, I know. I know. I'm just saying. I love both Nick Fury. I like Samuel Jackson. But I'm just saying, like. We're, we're walking down a very sticky path and we start right. to do this let alone it's like Apu's a cartoon character he's a cartoon see I think that's my thing it, it really depends like it's just like it's just like time and place like I yeah. think that it really depends on the situation and I think that's what I think mean, if this was a live mean, action thing I don't want to see Hank Azaria yeah, in it would make blackface no sense. yes I'd rather see a, a person of that ethnicity and yeah. color playing that ethnicity and color Agreed. but as a cartoon if he can do the accent, which he can, and it's a cartoon comedic thing, I don't have a problem with that. And I, I have a problem with, uh, what was it, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Like, I have yes. a problem with the casting of Aang or yeah. whatever. Uh, stuff like that. Whereas at the same time, while I like my Nick Fury, I realize that the Marvel Cinematic Universe version is adapted from the Ultimates universe where Nick Fury get is intentionally a black character. Yes, yes. So it never bothered me in I, the It movies doesn't bother me. So let me get that out there. He is everybody. the black guy, whereas it bothered me in the standard Marvel universe that they adapted the black Nick yes. Fury to replace the white Very Nick Fury. Very good point. So, you know, things are... Then called Nick Fury. It's then all became situational. Nick Fury Jr. Yeah. Um, my whole thing, though, is Everything this. Everything's Is that I actually <clears> believe... And I mean, for people who don't know my ethnicity, I am a white male. Yeah. So immediately I've been showered. I'm blacker than a muffin. I've been showered with shit immediately because of that. Um, But no, I do want to say this. It's like, okay, if you look at Apu's character. Yeah. If we go on the Apu tangent here. If you look at Apu's character, he is an immigrant from India. So you know his first language isn't English. There is... English is, is spoken in India... Correct. However, it's not his main language. Right. So he's going to have an accent. He is going to naturally have an accent. 90, 95% of the time, anybody I've ever met that is an immigrant from another country that wasn't an English-speaking country, or yeah. even if they're a Brit, they're a British person that comes over. They're going to have an accent. 
that's just the way it is. Yeah. So, so well, I think a lot of the argument is the stereotypicalness of the character, not just the accent. Totally but the, understand the whole that. Quickie, quickie Mart thing. But I think part of it is art imitating life. Uh, because when you are, not even when you've grown up or have been around certain situations where certain people do certain things, I mean, when I go into, you know, without breaking it down and making it overly racist, when I go into most 7-Elevens, there are a certain type of people. There's a certain demographic that tends can, to When I go to corner stores, stores in the city, like there's certain people typically running those corner yeah. stores. So it becomes a question of how sensitive are we going to be when art imitates life, when I walk into those places and, and those are the people that are in those places working yeah. there, you know, should I, you know, in my media and the stories that I write, just have a white guy or just an African-American guy because that's PC? Or am I going to reflect what we typically see yep. as far as the people running those businesses? And demographics, one thing that people always want to jump, they never bring this up, is that demographics, which JP brought up as a great point, Demographics is related, is relative to the geographic location. That was running through my mind when I that was saying huge. that. That is huge. So Correct. first of all, Springfield, which they've never said what state it's in, because the running joke is that it could be in any state. It's Springfield. So like Metropolis. Well, we'll tucker that one to the side. We'll table it for another time. We can yeah. have a whole conversation about those type of issues in comics and media. Because all we but, wanted to mention was the yeah, Simpsons comics. And I apologize. <laughs> I, I went on a tangent. <laughs> I went on a tangent. However, I do want to get back to one point, and then we're going to finish all the TV point real quick. So, Vertigo relaunch starts in August. Okay. With the uh, the Sandman Universe comic. Cool. As well as Lock and Who Key. Who was in Metal. Which we talked... Yes. Yes, Dream was there. Yeah. Um, Lock and Key, the TV show, has officially landed on Netflix. Huh. So I gotta watch that. It got Curious. there, and... It got there. Yeah, because it was, it was going around a few Yeah, that is has been years places. that this has been. Yeah. So... At I this point, it, it has been picked up, but there is no idea when we're actually yeah, no date, nothing of that nature. So that's really it there. So you know, I know it seemed like we didn't talk too much about comics from Comic Con, but honestly, when you start you know perusing the different uh, websites out there, Comic Con's kind of turned the big it's the big dog for uh, the movies, the films, the TVs. But uh, we had fun doing the episode. I know I did. What about you, JP? I did. Until that Apu talk came out, then everybody just went wild. <laughs> um, but with that said, this was episode 15 of The Bag and Boarded. There if you'd like goes. to check us out, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Just go to The Bag and Boarded. You will find us there. As well as go to SoundCloud. You will find us there as simply just type in The Bag and Boarded. You can follow us at The Weekly BB on Twitter. We're on Instagram as The Weekly BB as well. So check us out. Once again, we do this for you guys, the fans. For one or one million, we'll keep doing it until we get sick of it or you get sick of us. You won't. So with that being said, have a great night, guys. This was episode 15 of the Bag and Border Podcast. Peace.